Hello and welcome to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central, the sickest New York Giants podcast on the planet. I'm your host, Desmond Novak. Welcome to episode 33. Giants starting the offseason off with a bang. Whole lot of changes to the coaching staff. Let's get into it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central. Incomplete, and the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. The sickest New York Giants podcast. It's gonna be sick. All right, y'all, this goes out to my college football fans out there. The championship is here. I believe it's tonight at the time of this recording, and DraftKings Sportsbook is making sure you can throw down on the epic showdown for a shot at big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on the championship game. So download the app now and use code 6sports. Again, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code 6sports. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. If you're in New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. But with that out of the way, like I said, the Giants offseason is starting off with a bang. Uh, at the time I woke up, uh, both Bobby Johnson and Thomas, Mc- I believe it's Thomas McGahee. McGate, McGoffey, I, I don't know how to spell his last name. They're gone. That's all I care about. Um, I'll start off with talking about Bobby Johnson. Every single Giants offensive lineman other than Andrew Thomas has gotten worse uh, under him, plain and simple. I think the biggest point of like, this is a Bobby Johnson problem for me was when Tyree Phillips, who was on the Giants last season, left after the preseason, went to the Eagles, who obviously have a great offensive line system, uh, went there came back to the Giants and just looked a thousand times better than he ever had. That kind of just showed that like Bobby Johnson just doesn't know what he's doing. And he was thankfully finally fired this morning. In my opinion, should have been gone last year, but obviously they're not going to fire a coach after a successful season. Uh, for Mc- I think I'm going to go with McGahee. I believe that's how it's pronounced. The Giants did used to have a pretty good special teams unit under him. He's been around since I believe 2019, because that would be Pat Shermer, which is also Daniel Jones' first year, blah, blah, blah. Stuck around through three different coaching staffs, but it was about time for him to go. First two seasons were good. Last two seasons have been very, very bad, obviously. Uh, The whole returning issue last year with Richie James not working out, Eric Gray not working out this year, the kicking carousel that just didn't go well at all once Graham Gano went down with injuries. But then after those two got fired, which are both good moves, things started to go downhill. Dable started off his press conference by saying that he expected both Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale to be back. I believe he said this before his individual meetings with each coordinator. So at the time, it really didn't mean much. Other than that, he basically said he wasn't firing them. Like if they left, it was on them. Then the Giants went out and fired Kevin and Drew Wilkins. Both of these guys are uh, Wing Martindale specialists. I believe Kevin, I think Kevin is Wing's like right-hand guy, brought him in from Baltimore. I think Drew was the Giants uh, outside linebacker coach. If not, then just switch him around, whatever. 
And for Ben, it really only seemed like a matter of time. Uh, we already knew the relationship between Wink and Brian Dable was rocky. So for him to basically go out and fire two of his top guys, we knew it was then. And then a little over an hour before you know we started recording this, Pat Leonard dropped the, I guess you could say, bombshell that Wig Martindale was reti- uh, retiring, <laughs> resigning. But the weird thing is, is since he's technically under contract for this season, he can't, he can resign, but the Giants, I believe, have to give their, like, I guess, quote unquote, blessing to whatever team he decides to play or coach for. So, like, there have been rumors about him going to the Eagles. That's not going to happen because obviously the Giants are going to let their defensive coordinator, who led a very good unit, go to their division rival. Uh, it's just it, the whole thing has really just been like a bit of a shit show of we don't know if it was Brian Dable's fault. We don't know if it was Wink Martindale's fault. It really seems like a combination of both. I've heard a lot of things saying that Wink Martindale allegedly uh, <laughs> apparently leaked the information that him and Dable weren't getting along out to Jay Glazer, which is just not a good look for Wink Martindale at all because it's very just not professional. Um I don't know. I heard I I personally heard that a lot of it had to do with Xavier McKinney and the whole when he came out said that you know I, th- I think it was that he lost faith with coaches or coaches lost faith with the team whatnot. Obviously, uh, Wing Martindale didn't like that very much, and then the game after Brian Dable gave him a game ball, which probably caused some tension between the two. Regardless, Wing Martindale probably wants to win, wants to have a shot at being a head coach, and when you're playing for, when you're coaching a losing Giants team. That's just simply not going to happen, obviously. Some new coordinates that I w- I personally like that I want to see be the new defensive coordinator. There's Antonio Pierce, who's the interim head coach of the Raiders. If they, for some incredibly stupid reason, don't decide to make him their full-time head coach, I fully expect the Giants to be in on that. Obviously, he spent most of his career with the Giants, had his best years with the Giants, won Super Bowl with them. Connections there, I, I would be ecstatic if they brought him in. Uh, Andre Patterson who is a Giants defensive line coach. He's really he's a really good guy. He always talks very highly of his players, unlike uh, Bobby Johnson. He has obviously coached up some very uh, incredible talents like Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, has had guys like uh, Ashawn Robinson play, at least in the second half of the season, some of the best football of his career. Just a very good all-around guy who obviously has connections with the team. Uh, Leslie Frazier, I've heard a couple things about him. He's not my favorite, obviously the old defensive coordinator for the bills, which on like statistically was a top unit, but obviously always had issues in the playoffs. I, I don't, I I'm very meh about him. I, I, I don't want Leslie Frazier. I'll, I'll straight, I'll say that, uh, next up is going to be Mike Kafka and whether or not he decides to return. And again, Dable said that he wants Kafka, Kafka back. He expects Kafka to be back, but it's again, kind of like wink if he doesn't want to be back then things could become a little iffy uh i'm very indifferent towards if kafka stays or not i i i don't know he has flashes where he looks very good like uh yesterday against the eagles i'll get into that game eventually yesterday against the eagles the offense looked great there's a lot of great creative play calls getting the ball down the field but for the majority of the season he looked really bad so like I it's very inconsistent to the point where like whatever. Um if he does decide to leave though, I want Brian Dable to take on the play calling. I, I think he's the Giants' best chance to have offensive success. Um other takeaways from today, because they had the exit meetings and all that. 
Joe Shane didn't fully commit to Evan Neal. And then he also said that the plan is to currently upgrade around Daniel Jones. But saying anything regarding the whole quarterback situation right now really doesn't mean anything. I can see them trading up for a quarterback, but right now it might just be better to play it safe, take the best player available regardless of position, and then just see if you can explore other options later, whether you trade for a veteran that becomes available, whether you draft someone next year, even though the draft class of quarterbacks at least isn't looking too hot. There are other other options to go other than trading up for a rookie, even though I do want a Drake may very badly. Uh, noteworthy free agents for the giants this off season that they need to, at least I think that they should look to bring back Saquon Barkley, Xavier McKinney, Tyrod Taylor, Isaiah Simmons, Ben Bredesen, Gunnar Roshetsky. Gunnar, a lot of people were questionable on because obviously former all pro, but has looked questionable, but I think he looked fine with the giants at the very least he provides stability as a returner. Maybe they re-sign him and then try someone else out in the off season. And then if they like that guy better, they can get rid of Gunnar. If not, you get rid of the other guy. Regardless, the giants need a consistent returner. Gunnar was exactly that. Uh, Adore Jackson's another noteworthy free agent. He's someone I expect to be gone, unfortunately. I, I won't say unfortunately. He was not very good this season. Uh, Saquon, too. Uh, uh, for the sake of, like, Giants culture and having that good of a player on the team, I do want Saquon back. But for how much money he probably wants, and if he won't play under a franchise tag, it might be best to just let him walk. However, I really do hope that they decide to bring Xavier McKinney back. I know that he said some stupid things in the media, whatnot. I don't care about that because he's one of the best safeties in the NFL and fans keep acting like he isn't, which is just silly to me. He's the fourth overall ranked safety, according to PFF, the best coverage safety in the NFL, according to PFF and PFF is questionable, but just watching tape, watching film, watching the giants week in and week out. The only other player, this only two other players this season, I could say were definitely better than Xavier McKinney were Dexter Lawrence, who is one of the most, if not the most dominant defensive players in the NFL, and Bobby Okereke, who is an all-pro level linebacker. Whether or not he makes it, he played at that level this season. And even then, like, I'm not going to say uh, Xavier McKinney's better than Bobby Okereke, but like, he's a very good player. And it, it just, it doesn't make sense to me if the Giants were to go out and try and reset the position I understand Dave Belton showed flashes, but I'm not going to take two games of looking decent over an entire season of not looking good at all. Like that's just, that's very silly to me. Uh, going into the off season, they have 37 million in cap space. They can save around 5.7 million. I believe if they cut Mark Lewinsky and then I doubt they do this based off of what Joe Shane said today, but they can save a decent amount. If they decide to cut Darren Waller, I believe it's like around the same ballpark of how much it you know, say from cutting Mark Lewinsky, but all point, all signs point to Darren Waller saying, so it doesn't really matter. Mark Lewinsky go is someone I fully expect to be cut. One of Joe Shane's first uh, signings as GM obviously didn't work out. Barely started any games this season for good reason, because he's not, he's not good anymore. And I do think a lot of that has to unfortunately do with Bobby Johnson and just how I just think he's an awful offensive line coach but that's going to be it for the whole offseason going to be i'll definitely hit more on that stuff next week now we're going to go into a small breakdown of the giants eagles game last game this season so not going to go too in depth uh offensively tyra taylor looked great again continued to look better than daniel jones in my opinion 
at least as a deep ball thrower. I, I, even then this season, when it comes to like the intermediate routes, Tyrod has looked better consistently. The Giants finally, well, I won't say finally, continued the last two to three weeks of getting Wandell Robinson in the offense, which is something that they should have been doing all season. But for one reason or another, they haven't been. Wandell's one of those guys where he's not your tall, deep threat wide receiver like a Darius Slayton, but he's going to get those intermediate routes. He's going to make what could be a five-yard play turn into a 25-yard play. And that's exactly what he did multiple times against the Eagles. He's probably the most dynamic playmaker on the Giants, not named Saquon Barkley. Speaking of Saquon, he had two touchdowns this game, but ended the game period with 18 carries for 46 yards, which I think is like 2.8, 2.9 yards per carry, which just is not very good, obviously. He ends his season officially with 247 carries for 962 yards and six touchdowns, averaging 3.9 yards per carry. And I need to ask you all this because I really just – is it worth spending 12 to $16 million on a running back like that? Saquon's a great player. And I do believe that under a better system, under a better offensive line, he can easily be worth that. But with all the holes the giants have on this roster, whether it be offense or defense, is it really worth spending that much of your cap space on one player who can't be productive with all these holes? It, it doesn't make sense at that point. So I really expect the Giants to go out, try and franchise tag him again, and of which, of course, Saquon's not going to play in that because even though I don't think the Giants should give Saquon that much money, he's probably going to be deserving of it if he goes to another team. So I fully expect them to just probably eventually let him walk or maybe sign him to a deal and trade him away. I don't know. Uh, Last offensive note from this game, the offensive line looked pretty decent for the first time in a while. No one really stood out in a good or bad way. Justin Pugh had a couple of bad run blocks, but that was really it that I noticed. Uh, Defensively, though, another great game from the unit. I mean, they played backups for the entire basically three quarters, but regardless, they look great. A lot of guys ended the season on a strong note. Xavier McKinney, of course, had six combined tackles, three pass deflections, and two interceptions, one of which being just a ridiculous toe-tapping catch over, I believe, Quez Watkins. I could be wrong on that. And the other, he just picked off a screen for Marcus Mariota. Uh, again, like games like this continue to prove that he's at top level of safety that the Giants should probably capitalize on re-signing. Uh, Micah McFadden led the game, or at least led the Giants in tackles with nine combined of those and two pass deflections, one of which was a very nice play in coverage. Coverage is definitely not Micah McFadden's strong suit. So to see him make a play like that is something that he could probably build on going into next season. And Bobby Okereke continued to show that he probably should have made the Pro Bowl, had eight tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, and a pass deflection. I'm going to be honest. I think I talked about it in an episode before. Bobby Okereke not making a Pro Bowl is just like is one of the biggest reasons why I don't take those. I can't even call it a game anymore. Those events seriously. Like there are so many players that are so deserving of a Pro Bowl that are consistently left out because of guys who are bigger names like Bobby Wagner, who, yes, is obviously a bigger name than Bobby Okereke, but is not nearly the same player he once was, but obviously they take too much into fan voting. I I can't stand it anymore. But my final note for this episode, and it's probably going to be a a longer tangent, is Sterling Shepard, who unfortunately played his last game with the Giants yesterday, probably his last game in the NFL period. 
And it just, it sucks, man. Because I was thinking about, I was talking to my dad about this. We have watched a lot of Giants receivers' careers get ruined because of the MetLife turf. Think about it. Victor Cruz, uh, Sterling Shepard, Odell Beckham. I mean, that's three. I, I had a couple more at the top of my head, but I couldn't fully remember. But still, those are three, two of which were top players in their positions when they got hurt, Victor Cruz, Odell Beckham. Sterling Shepard wasn't ever going to be like a top receiver in the league, but was a very good slot guy and was just a, a, an all-around consistently solid receiver whose career was ruined because of multiple injuries due to MetLife turf. It's just insane how just how many injuries happen on that field every season, yet they refuse to make a genuine change to the turf. The players consistently rated the worst field in the NFL year after year, but yet Smara and Tish can they, they don't they don't do anything about it. I, I'm gonna I, maybe I'll get into it one episode. John Mara might have been like a good owner back in the day. He fucking sucks now, man. I can't stand John Mara. He's not obviously he's not super involved in the decision making of the Giants, but in terms of like MetLife Stadium and how that stadium is like held up and the field, it is just like, are you fucking serious? And not to mention everything like last or two years ago with like the five dollar tickets or you get a free medium Pepsi. Like it's very clear that he's out of touch and like just doesn't have what it takes to be an owner in the modern NFL. But obviously he's never going to sell the team because the Mars have owned the Giants for I'm pretty sure forever. So whatever. Uh, back to Sterling Shepard, though. He's been my favorite Giant since he was drafted. Second round pick out of Oklahoma 2016. Just the embodiment of what it meant to be a Giant. He showed up every single day, regardless of situation, regardless of team, coach, injury showed up every day and worked his ass off easily could have asked out at any moment because of how shit the giants have been the last basically 10 years, but he stuck with them. He's, he was a giant for life as they like to say. And I honestly, I have so much respect for Sterling Shepard and I really do wish him nothing but the best in his future endeavors, whether or not he continues to play football or not. I wouldn't be surprised if he called it a career because honestly, I, I wouldn't want to fight anymore. You know, he's 30 years old. He's made more than enough money. He's had two of the worst injuries you can possibly have in sports with the ACL and Achilles. You know, if the Giants weren't going to give him snaps this year, I really don't see many other teams doing that. But with that being said, going to cut things off here. I really do wish nothing but the best for, for Sterling Shepard. It really hit me like a truck yesterday when I kind of sat down after the game and was like, man, that was it from Sterling Shepard. Because I've had so many moments like that. Watch Victor Cruz's last game, which just broke me inside. Eli Manning. It sucks, man. It sucks watching your favorite athletes go. But that being said, thank you so much for watching. Please remember to like, comment, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you're reminded of every time we drop a new episode. Thank you all again for watching. It's been a hell of a season, and I'll see y'all in the next one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Giant Central, on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.